Hey, good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church Online. My name is Steve Polk. I'm the executive pastor, and it's great to have you with us in our online uh, worship experience today. As we started last week, our pastor is going to continue part two of our series, our short series on bicycle discipleship and what that's all about. Today, we're going to get into what it is to engage the Bible uh, for us. You know, we talk about growing and one of the things that's really important is a, in your spiritual life, just like your physical life, is that we need to learn how to feed ourselves. And well, the way we do that spiritually is through the intake that we experience in the Word of God. And before we can actually help someone else, we need to be able to feed ourselves first, which we do. We do that with our kids and, and in other settings. So we want you to join us today as we look at what the Bible teaches us about engaging the Word of God, feeding ourselves spiritually, so that we can help others. So uh, go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word, a notepad and a pen. Let's pray together and uh, be ready for our pastor to come. God, we thank you for today. We thank you that we have the Word of God, that we have it in print, uh, in our own language. And so many people around the world have access to Scripture in their own language as we continue to do that work. Lord, thank you that we have a chance to engage with you personally through Scripture. So today, as we better understand that piece of discipleship, uh, that you would somehow impress upon us, encourage us, and motivate us to stay deeply connected to you through Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, everybody. Pastor Steve here. So glad you've joined me for this message from First Baptist Church. Last Sunday, we started some teaching on what I'm calling bicycle discipleship. And today we're continuing that with the second sermon in this series. I remember when I was learning to ride a bicycle, and you may remember when you learned or when you were teaching your kids or your grandkids to ride a bicycle. And there's so much to learn you know, about staying you know, balanced and pushing the pedals. And it's important when riding a bicycle that you push both pedals simultaneously. Because if you try to ride the bike and just push one pedal, it doesn't work really well. You're going to lose momentum, begin slowing down, and then eventually possibly fall over. So you've got to push both pedals to ride the bike well. The same thing is true in our spiritual lives, that, that for me as a disciple of Jesus, you as a follower of Jesus, there are two pedals that we must push to keep momentum in our spiritual lives, in our walk with Jesus, to keep growing. And we have to push them at the same time, and we have to push them both equally hard. That's also true in our church. If, uh, if First Baptist Church is going to continue moving forward, there are these two pedals we have to push, and Jesus described them in Matthew 28, and we talked about this last Sunday, but I want to review for a few moments before I get to the new content today. If you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 28, I want us to read verses 19 and 20. Just before he ascended back to the Father in heaven, Jesus said to his followers, to us, he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then in verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So go, make disciples, and baptize, and then teach them how to observe everything that I commanded or that I taught you. Now, last Sunday we said that this great commission begins with a very active word, go. It's a, it's a word that has the idea of motion and movement and in our spiritual lives. 
in our walk with Christ, we are to be going. We are to be moving forward, not standing still, not going backward, but moving forward. And we said last Sunday that verse 19 is one of the two pedals, and verse 20 is the other pedal. Last week, we focused on verse 19. And uh, the pedal of engaging lostness, of doing evangelism and sharing the gospel. And I gave you the challenge of praying every day for God to give you an opportunity to speak to someone, to have a gospel conversation. Pray every day for God to to uh, give you courage to stand for Jesus. And pray every day, every day by name for people you know who are disconnected from Jesus. Well, today I want us to focus on verse 20, which is the second pedal. And and reminding you of something I said last week, I, I, I want to clear up some misunderstanding because when he says you make disciples, most of us who've been in church all our lives, whenever we hear the idea of make disciples, of discipleship, we think about going deeper with Jesus. We think just about spiritual growth. We think about reading the Bible and and so we will sometimes talk about where you get saved and then you get into discipleship. And so we take discipleship classes and so on. But that's that's not really what what discipleship is in the New Testament. And the New Testament making disciples involves the entire process from someone who is disconnected from God coming to faith in Jesus and having a relationship with Christ and then being baptized and as a new believer growing in their walk with Christ so that they in turn turn around and engage with lostness with people who don't know Christ and help them become disciples who grow and the process just keeps repeating itself time and time again. That is discipleship. That is what it means to make a disciple in the New Testament. And that's why verse 19 is focused on one pedal, the pedal of engaging lostness. Go and uh, make disciples and baptize them, get them started on the journey. Verse 20 is the second pedal where the journey continues as followers of Christ, growing as disciples, growing and maturing, becoming more Christ-like so that we then are able to go out and make disciples of others. That is the job of every believer, every follower, every disciple of Jesus. And so, like other churches, we here at First Baptist define a disciple as someone who is following Jesus. And you can see it in the graphic that's on your screen. Following Jesus, someone who is being transformed or changed by Jesus. That's the spiritual growth component. So we're following him. We are being changed, transformed as we follow him. And the result of that is we are on mission with Jesus, going into the places of lostness, into the places of darkness, into the places of hurting and pain and separation and sharing with them the good news that in Jesus there can be healing and salvation. That That, brothers and sisters, is the job of every single follower of Jesus. Now, our vision as a church family is for each and every follower of Jesus, each and every disciple of Jesus who is part of this church family, to be the kind of disciple who is following Christ, being changed by Jesus, and on mission with Jesus. Our vision is not about buildings. It's not about programs. It's not about activities. Our vision as a church is for every follower of Jesus to be a growing, maturing disciple who is making disciples of 
others. And that's what Jesus commands us to do, to grow as his disciples and to make disciples. It's the reason we exist. We have three three reasons for existence here, to love God, to love people, and to make disciples. And so those two pedals of making disciples, those two pedals of forward momentum as a believer and as a church, one is engaging lostness, evangelism, and the other is helping those who are saved then to grow and mature and then engage with the world, engage with lost people so that they can help them also become growing disciples of Jesus. So today... I want to talk about that second pedal. The first one engaging lostness, but the second one in verse 20. So look at verse 20 again. Teaching them to observe all, everything. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, that I taught you. So taking new believers and helping them grow so that they in turn can become evangelists for Jesus who make disciples. Those two pedals that work together in my life and your life And in this church. So here's the question. How do we push that second pedal? What can you and I do to help other believers grow and mature in Christ so that they then in turn go out and make disciples of those who are lost? Well, look at verse 20 again. He said, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. There, there, that, is the, that is the description. That is how we push the pedal. But let's, let's think about that for a minute. When he says teaching them, most of us, when we think about teaching, we think about a class. So here's a group of people, 10 people, 20 people, 50 people, 100 people, however many. We think of a class, and then there's one person who's really gifted more than the other, stands up and teaches the group. That's, that's, that's the image most of us have of teaching. And it is one form of teaching. It is a valuable method of teaching, but it's not the only one. Most uh, Sunday school classes in church, or as we call them here, life groups, they are Bible-centered, and and Bible lessons are taught by a gifted uh, teacher, and and we do learn in those classes, and and even just as importantly, if, if not more importantly, we make connections and build relationships with other believers and other people, and we care for one another and serve one another in those life groups, in those in those Sunday school classes, but But groups that are taught by a gifted teacher have a limitation. And the biggest limitation to that model, to that method, is the lack of reproduction. The lack of reproduction. Now think about it a moment. How many many people, if you're in a Sunday school class, you're in a life group, 20 people, 30 people, and you've got one or two really gifted teachers, how many people sitting out there over the years listening to all of that teaching from God's Word, how many of those class members then turned around and became teachers themselves who were able to teach others? Some, but not many. It's a very small percent. And how many times has your life group, how many times has your Sunday school class reproduced itself, replicated itself, and and become two classes and three classes? Very few times. It's a low percentage, and there's even in many churches, let's just be honest, a lot of controversy and hurt and and so on when, when classes multiply. And so there has to be a better way. Because a gifted teacher teaching a large group, they they learn and people grow, but it's not how we reproduce disciples at an effective and successful rate. Now notice in verse 20, 
He said, not just teach them, but teach them to observe all that I've commanded you, all that I have taught you. The word observe there, and most Bibles translate it that way. I believe the NIV translates it obey. But the Greek word is the idea of, of guarding something, of, of watching over something, of keeping something, of observing it. It's a word that has a practical application to it. It's the idea that I that I protect it and I do it. I guard it by doing it. It's, it's a practical hands-on instruction. I remember as a kid when I was learning to drive, even before I was old enough to get my learner's permit, Mom one day uh, let me slide over into the driver's seat, and it ended up being a rather embarrassing experience because within just a few seconds I had I'd killed the engine. And I can remember I was so embarrassed that I'd done such a bad job in front of my mom, I just got out of the car and ran away. I remember uh, my grandfather, I called him Paul, he drove an old white international pickup truck and it was a stick shift in the floor, five speed, and uh, he would let me, when he was driving around on the farm, he pushed the clutch and he would allow me to reach over and change gears and I started learning about how to drive a, a stick shift. And then when I was in high school and took uh, driver's ed, I can still remember going down the highway and I'm driving the car, but the instructor seated beside me, he had that brake on his side and I, and I could notice when he was hitting the brake, even though I wasn't. You, you learn, you learn to do things hands-on. You, you learn to do, you really learn through an interactive model. Through You, you, you can learn from a, a, a person, a gifted teacher standing up in front of a group, and God uses that, and it's important, and there's a place for that. But can we be honest? Most of our of our followers of Jesus, most of our church members are not learning how to make disciples because all they experience is a large group setting with a gifted teacher and they're not in the car with their mom or their grandfather or a driving instructor sitting beside them giving them one-on-one instruction, teaching them hands-on how to do it. And so the Bible gives us a better model than just a large group model for growing disciples and making disciples who make disciples. Turn with me in your Bible to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and let's read together verses 1 and 2 this morning. He says, You therefore, my son, this is Paul writing to Timothy, a young preacher, He said, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's what all of us want, is to be strong in Jesus. That's what everybody in our church, they really want in their heart of hearts. I believe that's what you want, is to be strong as a follower, as a disciple, to be strong in Jesus Christ. And then Paul says to Timothy in verse 2, the things which you have heard from me, in the presence of many witnesses. Timothy, what you've heard me teach, what I've, what I've helped you learn, here's what I want you to do with that. Entrust these, all the things I've taught you, just like Jesus said to the disciples and to us in Matthew 28, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Paul is saying to Timothy, notice this, he said, entrust these, the things I've taught you, to faithful men, And it's appropriate to say faithful women who will be able to teach others also. Now in that verse is the biblical strategy for making disciples, for helping believers grow in Christ-likeness and become disciple-makers themselves. That's the strategy. Now listen, 
an effective Bible strategy for growing disciples who make disciples has to have the Bible as its textbook. There are so many things we've done at church over the years where the Bible is a reference book where we study all these other books and they make reference to the Bible, but an effective strategy that's going to help most people become disciple makers, the Bible, the Word of God, is the textbook. It cannot simply be a reference book. And the second thing that has to be true in an effective strategy is whatever method we are using, whatever the process, whatever the approach it has to be reproducible. See, that's the challenge with, with large groups with a gifted teacher. It's, there's, there's very little reproduction. So we have to have a method where there is reproduction, where those who are in the group turn around and then they become the teachers, they become the leaders, they become the facilitators, and it just keeps multiplying and multiplying. So how do we do that? How do we do that here at First Baptist Church? Helping people grow, and then how do we help them know how, get, have the, the tools so that they can help others grow? And I, I have to be honest. It's a challenge. It's not easy. And over the, the years, we've seen some success, but limited success. I've been a pastor 44 years. <clears throat> excuse me. and I, 44 years, and I've been preaching 47 years, and I just want to say that over the past decade, there has been this growing burden in my heart that we have to be more effective at growing disciples who then make disciples than we have been in the past. And, and here's what I've seen. I, I want to share with you some things I've observed over these decades and, and ask you this. Does anything I'm getting ready to say resonate with you? Does it resonate with your experience? Have you seen what I've seen? Here's, here's what I've seen. That there are good people who love Jesus, who go to church all the time and still struggle to read the Word of God, struggle to understand the Bible, are intimidated by it. I've seen people who love Jesus and go to church for decades, and yet they are almost completely dependent on having a teacher or a book to learn anything, that they don't know how to pick up the Word of God and learn and be fed. They're dependent on a teacher. Over the years, I've seen that so many people who love the Lord and go to church struggle mightily to have spiritual conversations, gospel conversations, Bible conversations with people who don't know Christ, struggle to have those conversations with their own kids with their own children. And so when we challenge them to disciple their own kids, they say, I don't know how. Over the years, I've seen so many Christians, and it's increasing today, who are so haphazard in their worship attendance, in their engagement in a life group or a Sunday school class, who seldom, if ever, serve in a practical, hands-on way to make a difference for people in bringing them to the kingdom of God. People who are struggling to grow spiritually. People in the church who are good people and love Jesus, but they know more about politics than Jesus. They're more passionate about politics than they are the Word of God. And it's negatively impacting the family, negatively impacting children, negatively impacting the community and our nation and the church. Does any of this resonate with you? I imagine it does. 
Because I imagine many of you have seen the same thing. And I would also imagine that some of you would say, Pastor Steve, some of what you just said, you described me. And that's an indictment on us. That perhaps if our only strategy is a gifted teacher and a gifted preacher speaking to a large group, that we need to add another layer. That there needs to be more to our strategy. When God gave me as pastor for our church, Vision 21, a few years ago, and while, while there was a lot in that, the one phrase that stuck with me, that I mean, the one phrase that has driven me and motivated me the last three years is this, is that we want every believer in our church family to be able to spiritually feed himself, spiritually feed herself. And while having good teachers is very important and very biblical, it is a tragedy, a tragedy, if the only way a Christian can be spiritually fed is to sit under a teacher and they are not able to pick up the word of God and feed themselves. And so part of our vision has been for the last three years really focusing on helping people know how to feed themselves spiritually. That's why we started our Bible reading plan. That's why I started doing those daily video devotions and the podcast of the devotions. That's why we started D-Group ministry in our church. And it's still new in our church. We're only into our second full year of having D-Groups in our church. And it's growing and God is changing lives and empowering people to feed themselves and make disciples. And I'm so excited. And now as we continue moving forward, we have what we call here Vision Forward. And, and vision forward, what God's clarified for me and for us as a church family is that not only do we want every believer to be able to feed himself or feed herself spiritually from the Word of God, our vision is that each and every believer in Jesus, each and every follower of Christ in this church, be able, yes, to spiritually feed himself and herself, but then as they grow in Christ-likeness, be able to feed others. Be able to disciple others. That each and every believer in this church is the kind of follower of Christ who is growing in Jesus and has the capacity and the confidence and the skill set and the ability to then turn around and make disciples of others. Help others become growing disciples who then in turn make disciples of others. And that's, that vision is so much bigger than building any building or having any program or any plan. That vision is to empower every child of God, every follower of Jesus, to be a growing, maturing disciple who feeds himself and herself and then turns around and engages with others and help them move from lostness to salvation to baptism to spiritual maturity so that they then go out and make disciples. That's our vision. And the Word of God, listen, is central to that. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to be that kind of disciple? Do you want to be that kind of disciple? Like we said a moment ago, someone who's following Jesus is being changed and transformed by Jesus and is on mission with Jesus to change people's lives in this world to make a difference. Do you want to be that kind of follower of Jesus, that kind of disciple of Jesus? And if you don't, then tell me what kind do you want to be? One that settles for mediocrity? 
One that settles for what is. One that is satisfied not to grow. One that is okay with not knowing how to help others grow and become disciples. What kind of disciple, what kind of follower of Jesus Christ in your heart do you want to be? Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, The things which you have heard from me and the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men. Entrust these to faithful believers, disciples, who will... Okay, who will then next step be able to teach others also. There's the multiplication. There's the duplication. There's the replication. And trust these to faithful men, to faithful women. Do you want to be a faithful disciple that can be entrusted with the word of God and then help others? Do you want to be a faithful Christian who can be entrusted with the word of God and then help others in their journey in life with Jesus Christ? Again, what kind of disciple do you want to be? And it all starts, listen, brothers and sisters, it all starts with you growing in your own discipleship, growing in your relationship with Jesus Engaging in his word so that you can grow and change and then be able to help others. But if you're not growing and you're not engaging with his word, you're limited in what you can do to help others. The Apostle Peter in 1 Peter 2, 2 said, Like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word so that you may grow in respect to salvation. God's word is central, central. To you growing as a Christian. In Matthew 4, Jesus Christ said, Man shall not leave on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You don't live just on the physical stuff of life, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Colossians 3.16, the Bible says, Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Let God's word, Jesus' word, dwell richly in you. How how rich are you with the word of God? How richly does it dwell within you? And then he continues, so that with all wisdom and teaching, admonishing one another. You see, if I'm going to help others, I have to be rich with God's word in myself. And on and on we could go with Bible verses talking about the centrality of Scripture to our spiritual growth and being able to be the kind of disciples who make disciples, who then in turn can make disciples. So I want to give you some practical steps to take. And each step, each successive step increases in intensity. Here's the first step. If you're not in a life group If you're not consistently attending a life group, a Sunday school class where deep connections are made with other believers, where we care for one another and you hear the word of God taught and sometimes discussed, if you're not in a life group, join one today. You need to be in a life group. You need to be in a Sunday school class. Here's a second step you can take, and it's more intense than the first one, is start following the Bible reading plan with us. On our website is our Bible reading plan. We're asking everybody in our church to read one chapter of Scripture a day, five days a week. So five chapters 
five chapters a week. It's a sequential reading plan, and, and it's important that you don't just jump around in the Bible, but you read sequentially. You're going to learn so much more, experience God in deeper ways. So go to our website and download the reading plan and begin reading the Bible. And when you read the chapter, get you a notebook and write down, what did God say to you? What did he teach you? What did you learn? What did you discover about God, about yourself? And then pray to God about it each and every day. And another step is to watch the video or listen to the podcast of the devotion that I release Monday through Friday at 5 a.m. each day for the chapter we're reading that particular day. And then the most intense steps here is to be part of a D group. And I'll talk more about that today and in the weeks to come, joining a D group. You see, D group, which as I mentioned a moment ago, is, is still young in our church, is a bridge, if you will. Think of it as a bridge that, that, that bridges the gap, bridges the gap between you learning and you growing and then you having an ability, you having a method, you having a tool you can use to help others learn and grow. D group is reproducible, whereas in Sunday school and life groups, there's not a lot of reproduction. D groups are designed to help you not only learn and grow and be changed and mature. It gives you a method. It gives you a tool in which you can then turn around and help others grow and become disciples who then turn around and reproduce themselves by helping others. And it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. Our current D groups, and as I mentioned, we're only in our second full year, will begin multiplying, starting new groups in January, February, and March. And starting in November, they're going to be asking people, and those of you who are part of this church who live in Rock Hill, I want you to know this. They're going to be asking people starting in November to be part of their D group. We doubled the number of D groups this year compared to last year. My prayer is that in 2022, we double the number of D groups again. And people are going to be inviting. But I know uh, some of you may not know somebody who's going to facilitate a D group and therefore may not get invited, but you'd like to be part of one. Well, we are developing a list of people who say, I want to be in a D group, and we will make all of those names available to the facilitators of all of our D groups so that they can pray over that and prayerfully you be invited. We're going to do everything we can to connect everybody who wants to be in a D group with a D group. And I'm asking you, if you want to be, you live in the Rock Hill area, and you want to be part of one of our D groups, to text the word D group 22. You see it on the screen, D group 22, like for 2022. So D group 22 to the number on your screen and just follow the instructions and your name will be added to that list. My wife last year had a D group. I believe she had five ladies in her group. And uh, this year she and those five ladies have become three groups. And so they, they multiply. That's what we're talking about, so that more and more people are growing and becoming disciple makers. And they serve one another. In her current group, one of her ladies is a single mom. And she recently was sick and unable to get out but needed help with groceries. And so another lady, another woman in the group with her husband went and bought groceries and took them 
to this woman. I recently started a second D group with some young men. And, and in our first meeting, I asked them, why, why are you wanting to be in a D group? And what do you hope to gain from this experience? And one of them said, I struggle with opening up. And I want to. I know I need to. I want to get closer with other believers and learn how to open up. And God's going to do that in his life. Another one said, I struggle with, you know, being consistent at reading the Bible. I've tried it, uh, but, I, but I'm just so hit and miss. And I need the accountability that comes with being part of a D group so that I can feed myself on God's word every day. Another young man said, there's a lot of chaos in my life right now. And I need the support of loving brothers in Christ. And I need to grow. I need to grow and become better. And then another one said, I want to experience God. I, I, I like to study, but I don't want to just know stuff. I want to experience God and hear him speak to me on a regular basis. See, what we want, what we want is for you to become the person Jesus saved you to be, to grow and mature as a disciple and then turn around and be a blessing to others, to serve the people in this world and, and, and to help them Help them know the love of Christ and mature and prosper spiritually. Remember, it's bicycle discipleship. You're either pushing both pedals and gaining momentum and moving forward, or you're only pushing one pedal or no pedal, and in either case, you're slowing down. You're slowing down spiritually, and eventually you're going to slow down to the point you stop. And when you stop, you might even fall over. And that is not what God wants for you. I don't believe that is what God wants uh, for any of us. And I don't believe that's what you want for yourself. So right now, if you're not in a life group, join one this week. Join one now. If you're not following our Bible reading plan and reading with us, begin doing so right now. If you're not watching the videos or listening to the podcast of the devotions, start doing so today. And if you are ready to commit to a D group, text D group 22 to the number on your screen and let us know. And we'll do what we can to facilitate you becoming part of a D group next year. Hey, God bless you. Grow in Jesus. Don't ever settle for less. And I'll see you next Sunday.